Hello, Hello. looking at the wrong clock this morning, folks. So, I'm 15 minutes late and I apologize. So, uh, this morning we're going to be talking to um, Summer and we'll get her on here in just a minute. Okay, Summer, if you want to call in, that would work, because this uh, is not working very well this morning. got a brand new way of, uh, it's a brand new studio here and I'm having trouble with it. So you guys, thanks for being patient. Hello? Hi Lois, it's Summer Bacon. How are you? <laughs> Apparently, doing strangely today. Um <laughs> my clock that I went by yesterday is exactly one hour slow, but I look at my computer and I see, no wonder, we're 15 minutes into the show, so I wonder why that happened. Um, <laughs> that, my apologies. That's okay. It goes right in line with the way the world is right now, I think. <laughs> Isn't it? I just thought I, everything was clicking along pretty smoothly the last couple of days, but uh-huh. I got thrown for a loop this morning, and my apologies to everyone involved. So um, <laughs> how have you been? I'm I'm doing well. You know, I I started my day by dumping my breakfast on my shirt. <laughs> oh boy. I thought, well, okay. That's okay. I'm just looking forward to a fantastic day. I just know there are wonderful things on the horizon. And that's exactly what I said when I woke up this morning and then I dumped my breakfast on my shirt. And I thought, okay, this is this is an interesting start. <laughs> Well, sometimes do you think that we're tested to see if we can maintain our calm and our equilibrium no matter what's going on around us? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know whether we're actually being tested in a... um uh, you know, in a way that, that the universe is saying, let's test Summer today or let's test Lois today. I think it's just that's the way life is. And there's always going to be something coming up in our lives uh, that's going to be a challenge and for us to look at and see see the love there in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I always believe everything is in right order no matter what. And that may seem almost callous sometimes to some people because, if you say, well, everything's in right order, well, how can you say that with the horrible things that happen in the world? Well, I think because there's a lot more going on here than we know about. You know, I've been alive 51 years on this planet, and I'm not going to pretend to know everything about it and the reasons for why things happen the way they do. So mm-hmm. I'd rather, you know, surrender to the other perspectives and know that maybe there's something else going on with individuals, yeah. you know. Yeah, their, their karma or might, whatever. Yeah, testing may have been a, a confusing choice of words. I I think it's like a training exercise. Yeah, yeah, 
I mean, I, so I think testing, it works. It's just that I think sometimes people might, you know, they misinterpret testing as being God is testing. Or fail. Yeah, yeah. So you either succeed or fail, and, and there's really not any success or failure. There's just growth, really. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. So, um, well, well, good morning. <laughs> good morning, and hey, everybody. This is Summer Bacon, not me. I'm, I'm talking to Summer Bacon, who is a trans medium who has, for quite a few years now, just been channeling Dr. Peebles. She lives in Sedona, Arizona. And don't you once a month have a, an open channel where you allow people to come and listen? Yes, I do at the Sedona Community Center. Um, it's the second Saturday of the month at 10 o'clock in the morning. It goes from about 10 to 10 to 11.30. And mm-hmm. uh, we serve coffee and just have just a fantastic group of people, about 100 people show up, and some people get to ask questions of Dr. Peebles. So our next one is tomorrow, and it's on the subject of life without limits. Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, how long have you been channeling Dr. Peebles? Well, I've been channeling since 1994. I think that's about 17 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually December 4th, 1994. I remember the day well. And uh, But it was seven years before that that I actually uh, self-trained in channeling. I just was mm-hmm. looking for Dr. Peebles with my heart and... Uh, it took it took about seven years of a lot of hard work to finally be able to surrender my body so that he could speak through me. Yeah, that's got to be something that would take a lot of courage, Summer. It does, and exactly. And the reason I did it is because I was so afraid of life, and I was so afraid of demons. And I I was not raised in any sort of a evangelical Christian home or anything like that. My parents were very open to all religions. I wasn't uh, someone that was taken to church every Sunday or anything. I had a lot of natural mystical tendencies since I was a little girl, and I saw spirits and heard them and felt them, and I had a lot of very profound experiences, even at the age of nine, of of experiencing past lives where I, I literally went back into them, and I knew who I was and what happened, and... um I was trying to make sense of all of that because I felt different. You know, I felt very, very different than the rest of the world. And um, I could see air. That was kind of an interesting thing. And one of my friends laughed at me when I said, isn't it cool how you can see air? And she said, see air? What are you talking about? I said, you can see air because air to me has substance. There's substance to air. And that's where I see the manifestation of spirits. So... Um, you know, as I as I got older, I was just so afraid of everything and afraid of people and afraid of the dark because I would see things there. And I finally decided I had to face this once and for all. So I just um, forced myself to lay in the dark at night and with all the doors closed, not a, no nightlight on or anything, and and face my fears because I said, God, if you're really loving as everybody says you are, then I know I am safe. So whatever happens, it's up to you. And that's when I had visitations by a lot of very beautiful beings. I had tremendous out-of-body experiences. I had a visitation from Archangel Michael, and I I didn't even know who he was. I'd never heard of him. 
Um, and it was it was quite a remarkable thing. And it, it went on like that for so long, for about a year, that I finally realized, oh, hey, you know what? I'm not hurt. I'm not being attacked by demons. Things are getting kind of exciting. It's really fun to have those experiences, I have to say, to be... To be uh, spoken to by angels is is a pretty cool thing. And um and then I decided, well, I'm going to see if I can find Dr. Peebles. And so I just looked into the darkness and I said, I know you're there. I'm going on that premise and I know that you're reaching out to me, but I have to reach out to you. So I have to complete the hug. So it took me a long time to do it before I actually saw him and then to invite him to come into my body and to surrender my muscles, the control of my face, my vocal cords, and everything else was a very, very long process. But um, it's been worth it because <laughs> it's just been—it's uh, just—it's just taken all the mystery out of life for me. It's just made sense of everything. What do you say to the people who, listening to your story, say, "Oh, that's so cool! I wish I could do that." and and think that it must be a lot of fun and exciting and, and makes you powerful. What do you say to those people? Yeah, I would say... People think it's powerful. Yeah, and it's it, it's not about power and it's not about uh, ego or, ooh, I'm the great Dr. People's Channel, and it doesn't mean that I'm enlightened or anything. It just means that I was willing to surrender to the other perspectives and to allow life in instead of holding it at arm's length. So I would say to anybody who might want to attempt to do this, enjoy the journey. It's just a journey. It's not about getting there. I know that I'm a, a really, really good channel. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm very good at what I do. I've been doing it for a long time, and I've seen the, the evidence of that in, in what's happening in people's lives. But I will say to you that I am not, as, you know, by my standards, the greatest channel that I could be. I think there's other levels. I think that I can surrender to foreign languages. I would love to be able to allow for spirit to speak through me in any language they choose. That would really expand this work to so many other people and to other countries and bring a whole new new level to it. I've done that a little bit. I haven't mastered it yet, but I, I would love to be able to do it. I know it's just going to take more practice to surrender even more deeply to the other perspectives. So I would say enjoy the journey. Don't just sit there thinking that spirit is going to jump into your body and suddenly start speaking through you. It it just doesn't happen that way. And if it does, I'd be very, very cautious in proceeding from there because this is a, this is a, a you know, it, it's sort of like you don't become an Olympic gymnast overnight. It takes practice and you want to refine that craft. And um, and I think that's why sometimes there's, you know, a lot of, you know, people say, well, there's so many charlatans in this industry of, of mysticism. And and uh, I, I would say that part of that is just because there are people who don't understand the depth of this relationship that you're developing with spirit and God. It's about you. It's not about becoming a channel. It's about you developing that relationship because you want it for yourself. And I've I've said it before, but I truly believe that what people get through me when Dr. S- Dr. Peebles speaks is the byproduct of what I've done for myself. 
I never wanted to be a channel. I never, not a public channel. I never had any intention whatsoever of doing this work professionally. And I did it solely because I wanted to have that connection with Dr. Peebles when when my mentor, Thomas Jacobson, stopped channeling. And that was the only reason, and, and because I wanted to conquer my fears. I didn't want to be afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's been remarkable because I... I um, you know, I was so shy in my life, and when I started channeling, I realized, oh no, you know, Dr. Peoples needs an audience. Now I had to put myself out there in a way that most people don't have to do on a daily basis, because you don't know what's going to come through or what's going to be said. And in the early days, I was channeling dearly departed loved ones for people I didn't even know. So somebody might come to my house and all of a sudden their husband would say they wanted to speak to their wife through me ah you know <laughs> it was scary but yeah. it, uh, but i did it and that's where i found the the proof of what i do as being something that's very legitimate and god what a what a you know what a freeing thing that has been for me because there's not a question in my mind that god exists that there's life after death. I mean, that in itself is it just brings so much peace. It's just it, so, it's indescribable. So when when you say that, uh, can we give a little more detail about that in that when you would tell people or let the husband speak to his wife through you, then information would come through that there was no way you could know, is that what you mean about it's affirming? Oh, Absolutely, absolutely. Um, For example, there was one time where a young lady, I mean, in her 20s, late 20s, maybe 28 years old, came to my house with her husband, and they sat down in, in front of me. I had no, you know, I never knew anything about them until I saw them. I never wanted to know any background or why they wanted to come to see me. And so she's sitting there with her husband, and her husband's got his arms crossed, and and he's he's very um, skeptical. And he said, I want you to know I don't believe in this stuff at all. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, I'm not here to prove anything. I said, let's just see what happens. And I said, as you know, I don't know anything about what's going to happen today. So back then when I channeled Dearly Departed Loved Ones, Dr. Peebles would come through initially, and he would say, there's someone here who would like to speak to this young lady and um, and he would describe the person the way they looked. And as he was describing the spirit that was going to come through, I would feel that spirit come into my body. It was a process where when I was in trance, I was much closer to the experience, almost like uh, feeling like a puppet, like my body was definitely being possessed by a different spirit. This spirit, this this man who came through, and I'll just call him, let's call him Bob, came through to speak to his wife, I'll call her Karen, and um, and this was what happened. Now, I said that Karen was there with her husband, which she was. I didn't know this was her second husband. I didn't know that her first husband had died, and I didn't know how he died. But when he came through me, I could feel the pain that he left with, and I knew he had drowned because he was not able to take a breath at first. And so when he finally came through me, he was gasping for air, and he said, whew, I sure was down there a long time. 
He's, and, and he started talking about how he drowned. He'd fell, fallen off a boat in the lake when they were out on a lake. Well, not only that, but then he proceeds to tell his wife, um, he says, why aren't you sitting on the patio eating uh, goldfish crackers and drinking lemonade like we used to? Now you drink, you drink tang. And she just lost it, you know. She said, because I can't drink lemonade anymore without you. <laughs> it was just amazing. Oh, well, so, so the husband she came with, her second husband, he came back for a session and he spoke to someone uh, who was a friend of his. I didn't, again, know why he was there or who he wanted to talk to. And his friend came through, who was a very tall man, and uh, this man had died from a, a drug overdose and he came through and spoke to the husband and spoke about things that only the two of them knew about because they were buddies and you know and it was you know so it kind of I mean I have hundreds of stories I could tell like that but that's that's how I learned you know it was the you know you shall know them by their fruits kind of thing well yeah. it was the real deal and I could tell because you, you can't deny something like that Right. It, it, I, I mean, I, I thought, you know, honestly, I say it's either, you know, it's either got to be really spirit speaking through me or I'm a freaking genius. <laughs> really? I, I mean, how, how else how else would I know these things? Yeah, you it know? has to be spirit speaking. And, and I've had the same experience in, you know, doing readings for people and particularly past life readings when things come through about them that I could not possibly have known, things they still do. That uh-huh. got started in another lifetime. So that's the kind of confirmation I, w- I wanted you to talk about so that people would understand because there are so many charlatans out there, people who want to be powerful. And yeah. and so, uh, you know, they lump it. Uh, there are many people who lump everyone into that category, and it's yeah. just it's just not right because there are people who get confirmation from the client. Oh, and sure. So can we... Um, Let's see, there was something, well, it popped right out of my head, something when I asked you about something you said earlier. Oh, when you said that people should be cautious about jumping right into channeling, uh-huh. um, would that be because there are certain beings that uh, you wouldn't want to have come into your body? And how do you distinguish between the 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 kinds of beings that, it's okay to have come into your body. I'm talking about for the the people who would like to try this, who think it would be fun to try this, um, and the kinds of beings that you don't want to allow to enter your body. Can you talk you know, about that? That's a hard one for me to answer because I would I would tend to want to say there's not really anybody that you wouldn't want to have come in. As I discovered when I did the channeling of the dearly departed loved ones. I, I allowed for a man to come through who had um, was on death row and had been killed because he was he had killed somebody else, but he had a chance to speak to his friend and to talk about his life, and to speak about his um, you know his need for um, uh, forgiveness and other things. And so I could have blocked that because I would have had judgment against him because he killed someone. But I didn't block it. I allowed for it to come through. So the 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 problem is, just like in in life, there are spirits who 
want to sabotage people, just like human beings like to sabotage other human beings. There are human beings who lie. There are spirits out of body who lie. So what happens is when you surrender to just anybody and anything and allow for it to come through, there can be a spirit that comes through posing as Dr. Peebles, trying to derail his good work in life. And I've seen it happen, and I'm not going to say where I've, I've seen it happen, but I have seen this happen. I've had the fallout of it because I've had people come back to me and um, and say, you know, how could Dr. Peebles say this kind of thing? And I said, he wouldn't say that kind of thing. That's just simply not who Dr. Peebles is. Do you, do you understand? You have to realize what he's all about is rooted in love. And that, that kind of comment that you heard was not rooted in love. So you, you need to use some discretion and some discernment here. And, and, and the ultimate purpose of this, this work is to increase the abundance of love on the earth in a person's life. That you really need to be able to see real goodness coming out of this. If somebody's channeling a spirit who's trying to manipulate or put thoughts into your head, this is how you feel and this is what you think and, and won't let you you know, banter back and forth about uh, about it. It's just um, you got to be really careful. But I'll say another thing about this. In the process of becoming a trance medium, it was about me being called on my stuff. I can't expect to channel somebody so beautiful as Dr. Peebles or Archangel Michael if I'm not willing to do the work on myself first. I have to be willing to channel my own voice with integrity before I can allow for Dr. Peebles to speak with integrity through me. I have to clear the pipe, you know, so to so to speak, to allow a good, decent, clean flow of water to come through. So I'm constantly being called on my stuff. I'm constantly being torn down in some respects. You know, if I if I mess up, I am I'm called on it real hard sometimes. And I and but it's it's breaking me down so that I can be rebuilt closer to God and closer to spirit so that I can do this work in greater and greater integrity. So I don't know if that helps, but that's that's the way I see it. It does. And I guess what I was getting at is I I don't know if you agree that these being uh, that dark entities exist and that if somebody doesn't know what they're doing, they might be vulnerable to to something like that, which is why people need training before they attempt something like this. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Yes, I agree. I think people just jump straight into, oh, you know, I just realized that I'm this gifted medium and I'm just going to jump in and do it with no training, no background, and get into trouble. Right. So that was that was what I was trying to yeah, and and I guess it just goes right hand in hand with if they're not going to be discerning, they're just going to allow anybody to speak through, then they're going to find themselves in a, a bit of a, a mess there, yeah. um, you know, channeling some entity that might not want to leave them alone, might be a, a, a spirit that, that just, you know, wants to wreak havoc in their life and the lives of others, and eventually they'll, they'll be experiencing the fallout from that. But it's... Um, uh it i i just think that you know my i mean i start with god yeah you know i i say god you're it you're you're the one in charge you've got my back here i'm trusting and and i i've gone so far as to say if you know if this is ever 
something that could possibly harm anyone, if there's anything that could come through that's not in integrity, I'd rather you just, you know, shoot me dead because I don't want to... I don't want to be that kind of a messenger. I want to be one that's in integrity. And I can say, you know, I mean, there are people who've judged me because I do make a living doing this. I discovered I had to eventually because, you know, I was a graphic designer and I had children I was raising and I was doing graphic design up to 16 hours a day for a a very large human resources services company. And, um, you know, and I was channeling for free for people for three years and when I got divorced, I ended up with nothing. I mean, literally starting at square one. And I had children to support, and people kept saying, do this work, do this work. I said, no, I don't want to do it publicly. But I was backed into a financial corner, so I did it. It supported me and my children. I'm now 51 years old. My children are, are on their own. And I'm now looking at the work that Dr. Peebles has done through me and the teachings there, and I don't... I'm not thinking about the money. I'm thinking about, I want to get these messages out to the world. Mm-hmm. I want to get his work out there. He's on Twitter now. Dr. Peebles tweets, you know, and, and there's no ads or anything. It's just Dr. Peebles' words of wisdom going out yes. to the public just to encourage people. I, mean, I've, I, have, uh, I have people who are following Dr. Peebles who are in Istanbul and Ireland, and, you know, so it's pretty cool uh, to get the get the good the good works out to the world, but uh, you know you can't be motivated by the money. You well, can't be the motivated by by anything other than a, a, a desire, desire to express God's love in the world. Yeah, it seems to me that that the most important thing that you've said is that the starting point is of, of your work and of the work I do and the people that I admire. The starting point is always that they have this overriding desire and this is where they start from to um know more about god or to know more about um, the deepest nature of reality mm-hmm. uh, which ultimately is god and um then to make that their number one priority to serve god and to uh do whatever that means and then to follow that path and allow it to unfold so wherever it happens to take the individual may not be at all visible from the start. Right, but it's exactly. That uncompromising desire to serve God. Yeah, and it really is. You know, I um I will say this, in this economy that we have with all the fear that's in the world, all the wars and all the stuff that's going on, you know, I'm not just because I'm doing this work, I'm not immune to that. You know, I lost my home, I filed bankruptcy. I had to start over completely and and both my children, you know, left the nest on on the very same day. I had so many devastating blows in my life all in one year. I thought, my gosh, how am I ever going to recover from this? But I I've recovered from it because of my faith in God because that's really the only point for me being here. I look at it like, you know, I came to the earth because I want to show the world how much God loves them. That's what I want to do. I want to bring those messages to the world. That's what I'm doing. That's the way it is. When I was four years old, I was drawing pictures of, of, and this is interesting because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was drawing pictures of baby Jesus in the manger with a like a billboard sign overhead that said, God is love. 
And that has been inside of me since the day I was born. And I look at this sometimes and I think, you know, oh, I'm just like anybody else. Why me? I miss my home. Why are my children gone already? And, you know, and I, oh, poor me. And I have my little pity parties and all that stuff. And then I stop and say, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm here to I'm here to show the world that, that God loves us no matter what, no matter where we are, what circumstances we're in. And uh and it's just that's all there is to me. It's that's it. It's what it's what the journey's about. We can try to make it about all this other stuff, but you can't take it with you. I remember uh, Joyce Meyer, she's in, she's an uh, televangelist. She's a fantastic speaker. I love her. Um she uh, I don't agree with everything she says and I'm sure she wouldn't agree with everything I say, but she said something one day about driving past a um a, a car uh place where they you know all the old cars go at when they die and they were all smashed down and stuff and and her husband looked over at that that place the junkyard and he said can you imagine that was somebody's dream <laughs> all of those yeah. cars that was somebody's dream and there it is sitting in a junk heap mm-hmm. you can, it really i thought that was very poignant yep Sometimes those, that kind of dream is pretty transient. Yes, it is. <laughs> Anything oh, that can God. rust, mm-hmm. not my number one dream. Yeah. <laughs> Although occasionally it might be a little short-term dream. Oh, sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with desiring those things and going for it and and all of that. But you got to keep it real, too, because you know the reality is it's not going to last forever, but it's fun while it lasts. No, no question mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like going to Disneyland. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's all Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, it really it's is. It's all fantasy, really. Yeah, but it's Everything really is. fun when you have this interaction with spirit, because it doesn't matter where you are. You can be sitting at a boring mo- movie at the theater, and if you're bored, you can always have a conversation with spirit and kind of you know do something else while you're waiting it's it's just it's it really does bring so much joy to my life i used to love it when i saw spirit more often and i don't see spirit as often as i used to but i do see them and uh it's a pretty pretty awesome thing when i do you know occasion i've had a number of uh dear friends who've passed away in the last year and um and i'm fortunate in that i can still maintain that relationship with them you know, they've come yeah. to visit me at, at my bedside. They deliver messages for their loved ones. It just um, really makes things fun. So there's no separation anymore. That's awesome. And I'm I'm hoping that that is something that people are going to be able to develop as, as we continue to expand, that more people will get it, at least to be able to hear their loved ones. Yeah. Uh, or Or know when they see them in a dream that it's real. Because yeah. I think a lot of people see their uh, loved ones after they've departed in a dream, but they don't um, they don't accept that they were really there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's interesting because we don't have any. There's no there's no real book. You, there's lots of books about becoming a mystic and how to be a channel and all that stuff, but there's nothing that really shows you what it's going to be about or that it's real you you have to go through the experience so you need to begin with saying i had a dream about my father last night and he came to me in this dream and it was so real 
And I'm going to say, that's true too. It was real. I'm going to go on that premise because if you don't accept that, you're not going to get to the next step. It's just like if you see somebody in the corner of your eye that walks past you, I have lots of clients who say, you know, I always see these things in my peripheral vision. It looks like Mm -hmm. a person walking by. Well, trust that and say, aha, I saw you. Okay, can you come around to the front so I can see who you are or can you tell me who you are? And I'll trust the first name that I hear. And you go based on that in little baby steps, trusting every little thing and eventually you'll have the confirmation that you're seeking. All of a sudden, Spirit will say to you, you know, you really need to turn left at this corner here instead of right. So you turn left and you realize they just saved your life. You would have been hit by another car. And you trusted it and, and, and you realize there's there's proof here, there's evidence that these things that you hear, the things that you're seeing are real. But you've got to trust it. You've got to also have a lot of interaction with spirit. You've got to talk to them. Use your voice. Speak aloud. Say, I see you. I hear you. If that's really you, I want the next car to be yellow. You can even do things like that because you need to develop a dialogue with spirit that that is something that you can identify in your life. Every time you see a yellow car, it means this. Spirit will work with you like that through symbology and and uh, you know and, and you develop this language between between each other and it's really beautiful and you'll learn to trust it over time and I can say if, if they're telling you to do something really bad don't do it hello <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? That, exactly. that word that you used before that big <laughs> word discernment meaning use a little common sense judgment exactly yep yeah <laughs> so um yeah but sometimes they tell you to do weird things like a radio show on the uh-huh. internet when you don't even listen to radio yourself not hardly even in the car except for music oh, that's wow. one of the things they did to me isn't that interesting and just well i see two years after the fact i now see why i've got all these new friends yeah all these connections that yeah. i would not otherwise have had with exactly. people all over the world and um, but I, I continue to do what spirit tells me to do, no matter how strange it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I opened a metaphysical shop in my living room in a little house in uh, a very population dense area in Houston about twelve, thirteen years ago, and had it for about seven years, and it grew like crazy, and wasn't very long before I had two separate locations—a home and a, and a little house mm-hmm. that was a shop—and and again my connections grew and my client base grew and the people that I could help grew and the people who could help me. And so every time they tell me to do something weird and scary, I just kind of have to, you know, gird up my loins with courage and get in there and do it. And Do it um, afraid, yeah. Yeah, even though you don't think you can do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, like you said, never anything bad. Anything no. Bad harm someone it's just scary because sometimes it runs counter to what we're taught is acceptable by society well yeah and, like a and physical shop in your living room that's not yeah <laughs> right but exactly but yeah well what are some of the things that you've done that that were hard to do um, and i'm hoping to help other people be courageous oh my that, gosh Oh, I've done so many different things. I mean, channeling, of course, has been a big part of that. Um, leaving my abusive husband was a big part of that. 
Yeah. That was hard. But you know what? That was really interesting because that was so guided by spirit. Um, that was one of those things I was terrified, but I had nothing to go with except to trust the guidance I was getting from spirit. I um, had one last episode of abuse uh, one morning, and I something inside of me rose up and said, no more, I'm done. And interestingly enough, that morning I had awakened and I was fine. We were getting along great. Everything was good. I couldn't have seen this coming for anything. And I was in the kitchen, I was doing my dishes, and my grandmother came and stood at my side. And she was in spirit. And I said, Grandma, what are you doing? She said, go get your purse and keys and put them under the bed. And I'm like, go get my purse and keys and put them under the bed. Why? She said, just do it. And I said, oh, okay. I thought, well, Grandma was sort of like that. She liked things in a certain way. I'll, I'll honor Grandma and put my purse and keys under my bed. So I did it. My husband was still sleeping. Left the room. And within about an hour, everything fell apart. And he was in a huge rage. And I was in very serious danger. And I knew I had to leave. So I just said, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. I agreed with everything he said, which was a lot of really vile stuff. And I walked back to my bedroom, and I got my purse and keys. And he didn't know it because he wasn't used to them being there. So he didn't Uh even see it. He followed me back to the bedroom, didn't even see me doing this. And I walked past him, and I, I agreed with everything he said, and he followed me, pointing his finger at me and calling me all these names. And I said, uh-huh, I know, honey. I'm. You know what? I'll be right back. And I opened the front door, which never unlocked properly. The, the handle never worked. He had to jiggle it and do all kinds of stuff to get the door to open because he wouldn't fix it, and I didn't know how. And I turned it once. It clicked. I walked out. I got to my car, I locked the doors, and I sped off to my parents' house. (laughs) So that was a very hard thing to do, but I had spirit with me in that as well. So it was pretty amazing. And, um, you know, losing my house was another one. Uh, That was a tough one, but um, jumping in in terms of my work and doing this work publicly, that was the scariest thing I ever did, really, to be able to, to go in front of a group of 100 people, and I don't know half of them. And I don't know who's going to be picked out of the hat. I don't know what Dr. Peebles is going to say. I mean, the the thing tomorrow is called Life Without Limits. I speak on that subject myself for about 10 minutes, but Dr. Peebles comes through and he speaks too. And I don't know what he's going to say. So mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. You want to say hi to him? Sure. We've got about six minutes left. We can say hi to him for a minute. Okay, I'm going to put you on speakerphone, okay? Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, I'm going into trance. God bless you, Dr. Beebles, here it is a joy and a blessing when man and spirit join together in search of the greater truth and awareness. God bless you indeed, dear Lois, you're a beautiful spirit. You have six minutes and then some, my dear. You've got centuries, you've got lifetimes, you have, my dear, eternity. My dear, you are always going to work very hard in getting messages out to the world, messages of love. It is your labor of love, my dear, to uh, dissolve and diminish the illusions of separation within self 
and between life and suddenly, my dear, you're going to be working with some more controversial figures in the future, but you're going to be up for it, my dear. You can handle it because you're a beautiful spirit and you love so many people and you want to touch so many lives that you're willing now to allow the other perspectives to come in and to banter with them back and forth. God bless you indeed. For the listening audience here today, my dear friends, take good care of yourself. Be aware that life has seasons, and in each season, my dear friends, there is an opportunity for growth. Some seasons are seasons of dormancy. Some seasons, my dear friends, are seasons wherein you are bearing fruit. So be aware that there are seasons of your soul. And go your way in peace, love and harmony, for life is indeed a joy, and all you have to do is you enjoy the journey to your own heart. God bless you indeed, and certainly to your own enlightenment. It's simply lighting up just a little bit more. God bless you indeed. <gasps> Oh, hi! I'm back. <laughs> well, that was very nice. <laughs> was it? I'm going to be working with more controversial figures. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And he oh, had so he worked spoke for to you the... again. <laughs> yes, he did for briefly, and then to the okay. listening audience. And oh. um, yeah, that was fun. I love Good. him. I just yeah, feel he's that pretty awesome. Just this enormous. Um, I don't know, a field of love kind of hits me in the heart. And I'm more of a see-it-and-hear-it kind of person. I don't mm-hmm. feel energy that often, but I just mm-hmm. always feel this love as I hear the words. His his um, energy is huge, absolutely mm-hmm. huge. I, I'm uh, Right now I'm just sweating. When he comes through, it's just this this incredible heat that comes through. And it's so beautiful. And um, a lot of times when people are sitting in his presence, they actually receive a lot of healing. I mean, I've seen miraculous things happen uh, with him where, uh, for some reason, hearts oftentimes, uh, which, well, makes sense with Dr. Peebles, but um, are healed. And that's pretty amazing. I know people can feel it through the radio, too. I just know it. I just did. Yeah. I just felt it through the radio. He's accessible to anyone and everyone. You can just talk to him. And he's beautiful. He really is. And uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to to be able to share that with the world. And I'm just so glad I had the opportunity to be on your show again. It's so, so much Me fun. <laughs> and again, this in two over two years, this is the first time I've ever not called in on time. I, I am Isn't so embarrassed, and I do apologize. Um, but it is such a delightful thing to be able to talk to you um, because you, you have so much wisdom and so much experience, and mm-hmm. and I really feel a connection to you because I, I, I can hear, and as you tell your story, that you had to stick your neck way out too, over and yeah. over and over again, and like I have, and it's yeah. um, you know you're sticking your neck out in a different way, but it's very comforting to know that there are other people who are asked to do things that feel so risky and uh, encouraging. Yeah. I think for other people who may listen, because the last time I talked to Doc, or Dr. Peebles spoke to me, he said that who I'm reaching are other seekers on the path all over the world and that's my sense of it i don't always Mm -hmm. know exactly who's listening because if you're not signed up for blog talk radio then you don't show up as having been here Uh but every so often i'll get an email from someone in some far-flung part of the world saying "I, i listened to your show on such and such and i really enjoyed it and i'm 
I had no idea they'd ever been here. And um, he said that the people who find find me are guided to my show because they are also serious seekers on the path. So that that right there is enough to keep me going indefinitely because I know how important it is in listening to you, uh, hearing that you have also had to really be courageous to keep on doing what you do. And I think that provides fuel for other people to stick their necks out. It it takes a lot of vulnerability to do this work. It takes a lot of vulnerability to do what you're doing. Um, you're putting yourself in a position where you might <laughs> you might not call in on your own show, <laughs> you know. And and then that. what does the world think about that? Well, you know what? It's like, hey, you are human. That's what it mm-hmm. shows people. You're an extraordinary person, and you're a human being too. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no there's no mistakes. There's no failure. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the people who are listening in right now came to it late. Because maybe they were their clocks were off too. A lot of times things are more in harmony than we even know. So, yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, but yeah, sticking your neck out, leaving it like I did, also leaving a marriage where you had it made in the shade where money was concerned. I mean, mm-hmm. I did anyway. Yeah. To go ahead and do the forbidden, which was follow the spiritual path, because that was not going to be allowed in my marriage. Right. And um, you know. On and on and on. But um, you're a pioneer. Well, yeah, so are you. And (laughs) to the rest of you out there who are thinking about sticking your neck out and doing something that's off the beaten path, um, I would say two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the road less traveled by, and that's made all the Carl Sandburg, I believe, said that. And I think about that periodically. The the difficult choices I've made have made my life so much richer, and I'll bet you could say the same thing. Absolutely. I wouldn't change a thing. Me I couldn't. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so much, Thank you so Lois. much for being with me today. <laughs> it's been really fun. I really enjoy it, and I feel a very, very deep connection to you, too. So thank you so much for the work you're doing. Thank you. And uh, I'd love to come back. I want you to. I love talking to you. Oh, good. <laughs> you feel like a long-lost sister. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So thanks to everybody who came to listen, and thanks to everybody who hung around even though I was 15 minutes late. <laughs> and um, we will talk again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right now, is it possible to get back? I'm not used to being honest. That's a new experience. Liars and cheaters. But enough about my family. 